All news. All for Texas. This is Texas News Radio. I'm Dennis Foley. Coming up, the search is on now for a first of interest, or two people of interest, actually, in the murder of a New Hampshire couple on Padre Island last month. Someone decided to toss a Molotov cocktail into a San Antonio office building overnight. Political experts reacting to Better O'Rourke's decision to pull out of the presidential race. His message had run out of steam. I'm Clayton Neville. And we take a look back at the fall of the Berlin Wall 30 years ago this week. This is Texas News Radio from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Cleaver County Sheriff's Office needs your help in identifying two people of interest in the murder of a New Hampshire couple on Padre Island last month. Investigator David Mendoza explains how the remains of James and Michelle Butler were found last week. On Sunday, the partial remains of a person were seen in a shallow grave. Uh, wildlife, it appears, dug out part of the shallow grave, which exposed the body. Cleaver County District Attorney John Hubert says the butler's truck and RV was spotted crossing the Mexican border last month, driven by a different couple. The identified man and woman are now being called people of interest. If I could use stereotypes, I think they're probably local um, to the Corpus Christi area. We have their photo on the Texas news page of KTSA.com to help you identify them for investigators. Arson investigators are probing a suspicious fire at a Northside San Antonio office building. San Antonio firefighters were called to the building at 7420 Blanco Road just before midnight. It appears that some object was thrown through a window, possibly a Molotov cocktail. Woody Woodward with the San Antonio Fire Department says arson investigators are looking for the person or persons responsible for the fire. Damage is estimated at about $5,000. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. Law enforcement officers from as far away as Hawaii are in San Antonio to show support for the Back the Blue Act. Paul Kelly with the United Coalition of Public Safety says the new proposed legislation would create a new federal crime for those who kill or attempt to kill law enforcement officers. What this federal bill does is help ensure that those who risk their lives to protect others have some protection as well. Kelly unveiled a new TV and digital ad calling for support of the Back the Blue Act, which has been introduced by Texas Senator John Cornyn. And you can enjoy a few shots of tequila and a photography exhibit this weekend at the Institute of Texan Cultures. It's a visually exciting exhibit that really takes you to the regions of tequila production and gives you a chance to experience what is going on in those Mexico regions. Amber Pfeiffer says you must be 21 or over to enjoy the tequila tasting event from nine to from 6 to 9 Friday night at the Institute of Texan Cultures. Admission is $12. KTSA AccuWeather. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight. It's a late night fog. Low 61. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. High 78. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night. And mild with a late night shower. Low 62. Wednesday mostly cloudy with a couple of showers and thunderstorms. High again 78. To recap, partly to mostly cloudy tonight. Some late night fog. Low 61. This is meteorologist Bob Larson. With your KTSA Stevens Roofing AccuWeather forecast. Local experts are reacting to former El Paso Congressman Beto O'Rourke's decision to drop out of the presidential race. Before 2018, Beto O'Rourke wasn't a household name, but his close Texas Senate race with Senator Ted Cruz changed that. He lost by just two percentage points and took that momentum into his presidential campaign. But Cal Gilson, a political science professor at Southern Methodist University, says O'Rourke wasn't received nationally like he was in Texas. He's young, he was very energetic, and all of that energy made people wonder whether he was all surface and no depth. And so he just never caught on in the presidential race. O'Rourke made his announcement to drop out of the race Friday in Iowa. We have to clearly see 
at this point that we do not have the means to pursue this campaign successfully. The former Texas congressman said his service to the country won't be as a candidate or as the nominee. He was reportedly running out of money and was facing having to cut staff or pay for TV ads. O'Rourke referred to others in his campaign saying his decision to pull out of the race is in their best interest and in the best interest of the country as Democrats look to unify around a nominee. Political analyst Alan Sachs says O'Rourke's success against Ted Cruz may have been misleading. Ted Cruz was not the greatest campaigner. He had a great following of conservatives, but it was not a good campaigner. So Beto hit it right at that time. Sachs says O'Rourke was never able to separate himself from the pack. His message had run out of steam. President Trump took to Twitter to react to the Democrats' announcement, saying, quote, Beto just dropped out of the race, despite saying he was born for this. I don't think so. O'Rourke ended a speech to supporters by saying he's confident he'll see them down the road, but didn't clarify in what capacity. I'm Clayton Neville. This is Texas News Radio. I'm James Pudgeon. The Dallas Cowboys are on Monday Night Football tonight as they're in New York to take on the Giants looking to sweep that season series. Dallas is 4-3 and three on the year and in first in the NFC East, while the Giants are 2-6. and six. Kickoff is set for 7-15 and it's a game you can catch, of course, right here on your home for everything Cowboys, ESPN San Antonio, starting right after the Blitz at 7. The Houston Texans are back in first in the AFC South after going into London and being the Jags 26-3, coupled with the Colts' loss to the Steelers. Deshaun Watson had over 200 yards passing and two touchdowns. Carlos Hyde ran for 160 yards, and the defense, who was without J.J. Watt for the first time this year, have four sacks, four turnovers, two via pick and two via fumble, and they allowed a season-low three points. In the NBA last night, the San Antonio Spurs fell to the Los Angeles Lakers 103-96, despite getting 18 points, 11 boards, 4 assists, and 2 steals out of DeJounte Murray. Anthony Davis led all scorers with 25 points, while LeBron James had a 21-point triple-double. San Antonio is now 4-2 on the year and look to bounce back tomorrow when they return to action in Atlanta when they take on the Hawks. I'm James Pudger for 1250 ESPN San Antonio and 94.5 FM. Campaign supporters often show up to rallies with their own homemade signs. Now, one 2020 Democratic presidential hopeful is asking for uh, supporters to get color coordinated. Supporters of Mayor Pete Buttigieg who want to make their own campaign signs may want to hold off on the red, white, and blue markers. His presidential campaign website devoting an entire page to the campaign's recommended palette of nine coordinated colors that the website says are deeply rooted in Mayor Pete's hometown of South Bend, Indiana. An orangey-red hue called Rust Belt is called a testament to the region's industrial heritage, while Blue Sky is called a persistent symbol of optimism. The site displaying swatches of all the colors, complete with hex and RGB codes for supporters' computers or paint stores to replicate them exactly. Dave Packer, ABC News. New details on the escape of two jail inmates in Central California. The two alleged killers, now on the loose, cut their way through the ceiling in a jail bathroom. They went through sheetrock and a metal screen the opening 22 inches at the widest point. They went through an area of the building housing pipes and out a hatch, says Monterey County Sheriff's Captain John Thornburg. The two individuals were able to identify a blind spot that we have in this particular housing unit. The two inmates, 21-year-old Santos Fonseca and 20-year-old Jonathan Salazar, are considered armed and extremely dangerous as they're now on the run. Alex Stone, EBC News. 
New Braunfels police are on the lookout for a man who fired a gun inside a local restaurant at around 1130 Saturday night. Two men reportedly had an argument at the Buffalo Wild Wings on Interstate 35. One of them pulled out a handgun and then fired a shot into a wall. The shooter then took off in a white F, uh, Ford F-150 pickup truck. Officers say he was wearing blue jeans, a black polo shirt, and a gray baseball cap. Comal County Crime Stoppers is offering a $4,000 reward for information that leads to his arrest. And luckily, no one was hurt in that shooting. There's a new report on teen concussions. Teenage girls who play soccer have a concussion rate second only to boys playing football. More than eight concussions per 1,000 games and practices. For boys in helmets and pads, it's just over 10. The girls' rate is more than twice the rate of soccer playing boys. Heading the ball is responsible for about a quarter of girls' concussions. About half are due to on-field collisions. The researchers at the University of North Carolina note girls have smaller necks than boys and are more susceptible to trauma and they're more likely to report a concussion. Steve Kathan, CBS News. KTSA Money News. Records continue to fall on the stock market with all three major averages closing at all-time highs. Positive comments from U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross on a trade deal with China gave stocks a boost, with the Dow overcoming a rough day for McDonald's following the firing of CEO Steve Easterbrook over an employee relationship. The Dow gained 114 points to 27,462. The Nasdaq advanced 46 points to 8433. And the S&P gained 11 points to 3078. Under Armour stock was slammed after the Wall Street Journal reported that the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission are investigating Under Armour's accounting practices. Jason Brooks, CBS News. The news never stops. This is Texas News Radio. The Justice Department is aiming to learn more about the anonymous Trump administration insider who, have, uh, who, having written a New York Times op-ed blessing the president, is now planning to say more in a forthcoming book. The head of the Justice Department's civil division warns the book, A Warning, may violate its anonymous author's legal obligations. Assistant Attorney General Jody Hunt specifically refers to non-disclosure agreements requiring certain writers who've worked for the government to submit their manuscripts for pre-publication review. In a letter, Hunt asks the publisher, Hachette, for details of when and where the author served in government. Hachette says it respectfully declines to provide the administration with the information it seeks. That's CBS's Stephen Portnoy. A new interview with convicted Russian agent Maria Butina, who is now back in Russia after serving a 15-month prison sentence for secretly helping the uh, Kremlin influence U.S. policy. For the first time, convicted Russian agent and provocative gun rights activist Maria Butina telling her side of the story. I never thought to influence your policies. I came here on my own because I wanted to learn from the United States and go back to Russia to make Russia better. The 30-year-old befriended powerful Republicans and forged a relationship with the NRA, the U.S. government believes, to promote pro-Russia policies. Butina claims the feds tried to paint her as a Kremlin seductress. That's ABC's Tom Yamas. As the discontent grows in Iraq, so too the street the level of violence in the, on the streets. Uh, security officials say at least three protesters have been killed and some 19 wounded outside the Iranian consulate in the Shiite holy city of Karbala in the south. Dozens vented their anger at the consulate. Some scaled the concrete barriers ringing the building. Others lobbed Molotov cocktails onto the grounds. Protests are directed at a post-war political system that class of elite leaders Iraqis accuse of pillaging the country's wealth while the country grows poor. 
and the demonstrations have grown bloodier by the day. Over the past month, more than 250 people have been killed in a security crackdown countering the show of discontent. Tom Rivers, ABC News at the Foreign Desk. The Texas Democratic Party is suing to overturn a state law that says candidates who belong to the same party as the governor are listed first on general election ballots. The lawsuit filed in an Austin federal courtroom uh, Friday argues that the law gives an unfair advantage to Republicans, the party of Governor Greg Abbott, in every contested race on the ballot. The ballot order law was first passed in 1985 when Democrat Mark White, the governor of Texas then, and the Democrats uh, were in the majority of both the state House and the Senate. This is Texas News Radio. CBS Eye on Veterans from ConnectingVets.com. This week is National Veterans Small Business Week, and Army veteran Larry Stubblefield shared with us how the United States Small Business Administration has the Boots to Business program, which will help vets get the info they need to start owning their own business. Things like the legal requirements of a business, acquiring capital, how do you market your business. And once a transitioning service member leaves the Boots to Business program, if they're interested in going further, then that's where the 12,000 business advisors come in the picture. You can learn more at sba.gov. I'm Phil Briggs from ConnectingVets.com for CBS News. November 9th marks the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. All this week, CBS News correspondent Bud Mishkin will take a look back on the historic event and its aftermath at a series called Tearing Down the Wall. In part one, former CBS Evening News anchor Dan Rather recalls reporting from the wall. The Berlin Wall, once it divided east from west, now on its way to becoming an artifact of history. Almost a year before Dan Rather anchored the November 10th, 1989 CBS Evening News from the Berlin Wall, a senator told him that Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev might have to make a bold move. I wonder, said the senator, I just wonder if one of those bold moves might be doing away with the wall. I wish I could tell you that I thought to myself, boy, this is about to happen. I didn't. On November 9th, 1989, as Berliners started gathering at the wall, Dan Rather was in New York anchoring the CBS Evening News. He immediately got on a flight and arrived in Berlin the next day to a whole different city. There's a sort of overarching feeling, even among the Germans, can you believe this is happening? Rather called it a scene of unbridled joy. He witnessed a father talking to his two young sons. Take a good long look, boys, that while you may or may not have a any or any vivid memory of it, you'll be talking about this into your old age. And I found myself smiling and saying, you know, I could say the same thing to myself. He interviewed a mother who offered rather some perspective. I'm glad that the Russians are in effect gone, and I'll be glad when the rest of you go. You Americans don't know what it is to feel foreigners in charge of your country. A long period of time. Dan Rather made a career of reporting events dispassionately, but this was different. What a feeling. And as a journalist, I'm thinking to myself, I never really believed this was going to happen in my lifetime. And here we are sitting on top of the wall seeing people pour across. Dan Rather, remembering the fall of the Berlin Wall. Bud Mishkin, CBS News. KTSA Entertainment. 
After it was revealed that Laura Dern would be returning to the Jurassic World franchise, she told E.T. the one thing that's a must for her character, Dr. Ellie Sandler, is that she's going to be heroic. Jurassic World 3 hits theaters December 6th. Ellen DeGeneres will be honored with the Carol Burnett Award at the 2020 Golden Globes. The award celebrates the highest level of achievement in television. DeGeneres is the second entertainer to receive the honor. Celebrating an E.T. birthday today, Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey is 49, music mogul Sean Diddy Combs is 50, and which comedian won an Emmy for her reality show The D-List? That would be Kathy Griffin, who today turns 59. This report brought to you by CBS Audio. For more entertainment news, sports, and lifestyle features, go to cbsaudio.com forward slash podcasts and explore all that CBS Audio has to offer. From the Entertainment Tonight newsroom in Hollywood, I'm Kelty Knight. A woman has been charged with intoxication manslaughter for the fatal crash on Interstate 35 at Loop 1604 early Friday morning. Police say 25-year-old Violetta Martinez ran into a car that had already run up against a concrete barrier on the freeway. The driver of that other car was ejected and several cars ran over the man. Uh, Live Oak police say that man was pronounced dead at the scene. Martinez was arrested after failing a field sobriety test. Police are also looking for another driver who didn't stop after running over the victim. New concerns about a hugely popular app, TikTok, that hundreds of millions of people use. It's now facing a national security review as investigators try to determine whether it's sending American users' data to China. ABC's Janai Norman has TikTok's response. TikTok telling ABC News, while we cannot comment on ongoing regulatory processes, TikTok has made clear that we have no higher priority than earning the trust of users and regulators in the U.S. Part of that effort includes working with Congress, and we're committed to doing so. The company previously responding online, none of our data is subject to Chinese law. We are not influenced by any foreign government, including the Chinese. A piece of auto racing history is changing hands. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar Racing Series have been purchased by billionaire Roger Penske. The famed racetrack has been owned by the family of Tony Holman, who bought the rundown speedway in 1945. Penske is the winningest team owner in Indianapolis 500 history with 18 victories. Penske has missed only six Indy 500s since 1951 when he attended his first race with his father. Jim Crisula, CBS News. A request from a donut maker for a suburban Minneapolis college student to stop selling its donuts. 21-year-old Jason Gonzalez from Champlin, Minnesota, is a fan of Krispy Kreme donuts, but there are no Krispy Kreme donut stores in the entire state of Minnesota. So every weekend, Gonzalez has been driving 270 miles down to Iowa and buying boxes and boxes of donuts that he then sells for between $17 and $20 a box back home in Minnesota. Krispy Kreme Corporate has sent a letter to Gonzalez telling him that while they appreciate his passion for Krispy Kreme and his entrepreneurial spirit, he's creating a liability for the company and that he should please stop. Sherry Preston, ABC News. KTSA AccuWeather. Pretty mostly cloudy tonight at miles of fog late at night, low 61 degrees. Tomorrow mostly cloudy, high 78. Cloudy tomorrow night, a late night shower, low just 62. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high 78. Recap, part later, mostly cloudy tonight at mild. It's a late night fog, low 61. This is meteorologist Bob Larson with your KTSA Stephen Trufi. AccuWeather forecast. Texas News Radio is a production of 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Get news anytime online and stay connected at KTSA.com.